Rise up early, sit up late. Shalom, everyone. This is uh, the voice of my beloved podcast, Aaron Hood here with Braden Waller. We're diving deeper into the Psalm of Ascent. Which Psalm are we on? Psalm 127. This is Psalm 127. It's middle Psalm. That's right. Exactly middle. Yes. Well, and that's got some, Braden's got some really neat facts about that. But um, welcome. Any... What events we got coming up? I was just thinking as we were getting ready to start, uh, we have... Yeah, uh, the next big thing we got coming up is Above Ruby's Colin and Nancy Campbell coming out in August. Yes, awesome. So that's the next big thing coming up. Incredible, incredible couple. Speaking of children, this is uh, appropriate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be curious to know how many children are actually born because of the work of Nancy and Colin Campbell. Mm, yeah, that, that, that'd be a really <laughs> interesting... It's got to be in the thousands. Yeah, they're a phenomenal couple, and we're going to have a great time with them. So put that uh, in y'all's uh, on your calendar maybe consider coming out. I think it's a weekend, I think. And yes, uh, yes, it should weekend. be just a weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, we would love to have y'all. But uh, so we're diving in, Psalm 127. Here we go. Uh, yes, we're talking about children today. This is a a real heartbeat of the scriptures as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, the, the importance of children. And this this psalm really is a, a really highlight on this topic. So we have verse 3 here, Psalm 127. Behold, Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And so, as Aaron mentioned, this is the exact middle verse of the entire Psalms of Ascent. So we're at the middle chapter, 127. This is the middle verse. And then the middle word of this middle verse is actually children. Huh. So you could say that the heartbeat, the very center idea or theme of the Psalms of Ascent is children. Huh. This idea of raising up children, of discipling. And I want to just look at a few things here as far as the symmetry, just how there's an exact pattern to this. So there's exactly 1,594 Hebrew letters before the word mm-hmm. children, banim. The Hebrew word children is banim. And then there's exactly 1,594 letters after the word banim. So like there, there's this incredible Whoa. symmetry. Mm. And another point on that, we have the, the full spelling of the sacred name, yod heh vav It appears 48 times total in the Psalms of Ascent, uh, 24 times before uh, Psalm 127 and 24 times after Psalm 27. And then this, the partial spelling, yod Hey, mm-hmm. which would be pronounced Yah, that appears twice in, this, in the whole set, in the uh, Psalms of Ascent, and once before 127 and once after. Mm. So just really... Fascinating. Just yeah. this. Uh, so we have four psalms that are attributed to David mm. in the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, two of them are after 127, two of them are before. Yeah. And then we got this Psalm of Solomon right here in the middle. And so it's just fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy literary <laughs> structures and things. And so it's just, just fascinating. I, I like it when it makes a point, too. And, and the point is, is that we're at the very middle here, and God has such a love and such a heart for children. Mm. It's, at his, it's at the very core of what he's about and what he, I believe he wants us to be about right. as far as our journey. Our journey with him needs to be be outside of ourselves. Mm. You know, we need to be uh, going, caring for others. Uh, you know, this, this 
what we mentioned before too is that children are not mentioned before this point right before psalm 127 it's almost like yes there's a season that god says yes get your life on the right track Mm -hmm. and you know focus on what you need to be doing in your own relationship with god but now that we've reached this middle point there's a call to raise children yeah to call for children and so we have a few verses on that we got psalm 128 verse 3 these are verses all after you know here on, on the journey your children like olive plants all around your table yes may you see your children's children then psalm 131 2 surely i have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother in psalm 120 uh, 132 12 if your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony which i shall teach them their sons also shall sit upon your throne forevermore. Mm. So here, just saying, you know, this is generational idea. If your sons do it, then they'll teach their sons. You know, yeah. and there's this whole generational idea mm-hmm. that we see after this Psalm 127 middle point. Right, yeah. And it's thinking about, you know, the uh, effect of children and our children on those around us. You know, the what a person teaches, you know, like what Yeshua, like his teachings were validated and carried on by his disciples in the same way you know children are the disciples you know of their parents right and and you judge the fruit based upon you know the what comes out of those disciples Mm. those children and i've just always thought you know my dad you know having as many sons and and daughters family as he did as large a family he really found credibility when his children began to um, make an impact in the world. Right. Like, that's what really, and I think the same thing for your dad, for mm. Tommy. It's, um, you know, you're, you're laboring, you're striving into something, you're sowing into something, and um, when your children, you know, get to be that, you know, that age to where, you know, they're respectful or, you know, they're diligent in their work or they have integrity and are honest, you know, or turn away from lies and these kind of things, the world will take notice of that. Mm. The world will really take notice of that, and and I know for extended family members, um, my aunts and uncles, you know, who really had a hard time with where my mom and dad were coming from, having children at home, homeschooling, and um, they softened, uh, I would say, greatly Mm. um, to God and just faith um, because of of that, the fruit that they began to see coming out of Mm -hmm. the children. And I think that's, you know, a lot of way God gives us children to, to channel what he has shown us into them. And, and, and we all know as teachers that as you're teaching, you grow as you teach. Right. You, you uh, solidify those, uh, those principles and stuff in your own heart as you teach them to your children. And so, you know, in the hands of a warrior, you know, we send our children out. That's mm-hmm. probably one of the most difficult parts. Um, my dad always just uh, joked about having to sign something that say that we would stay with him at least for a couple of years to help him, you know, after everything he'd given to us right. and invested into yeah. us. Yeah. You know, when you have um, hardworking, diligent um, children, then, yeah, I mean, it's like you really have to focus, you know, or, you know, the world really wants to benefit from that. Um, but, and you're supposed to send them out. You're supposed to send them out, and they'll make an impact into the world because of that. And so... If you're laboring out there, I know Mr. Nancy and Ms. Collin are the same way. If you're laboring out there, raising your children, uh, know that that's the season that God has you in. And it's gonna, it's for, you will, if you, you know, sow the word, right? That's what I talked mm-hmm. about. It will not return void. Right. That that fruit will come back to you, right? Good measure, pressed down, shaken right. over. It's the promises of God. So 
labor in, in, in raising up godly seed. You know, right. that's our encouragement to you. It's a large part of why Braden and I are where we're at today because of our parents um, right. really embrace these scriptures. Children are heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Right. Like there's days when you get frustrated, you know, with your children, you know, because they're not adults and they don't understand everything. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a it is a, a labor that brings forth a good, a godly reward, a real spiritual mm -hmm. reward even. So, yeah, I'm thinking of the verse in Malachi, too, that says, why did he make them one? Like, mm -hmm. what's his even his purpose behind a marriage? Right. It's like, why did he make them one? The question is asked in Malachi that he might bring forth a godly seed. Right. And so there's something there that. The purpose of marriage, even, right. is to raise up a godly seed that we would, as husbands and wives are together, they would be focused on discipling, raising up their children. Right. God's even using us as, to partner with Him in creating, right? You know, mankind, perpetuating and and bringing more into the earth. You know, we're we're co-creators with God, even in a way. You know, through right. God, with God's hands, and mm -hmm. that's that's a beautiful thing. That's like a right. Whew, that's beyond, you know, I you know, can blow our mind, you know, if we thought mm -hmm. about that real long, that God has pulled us into, and even in the garden, he said, tend it, right, care for it, and, and right. take care of the animals, and so it's a, a picture as old as time. Right, and that was the really the first command given to humanity, right, mm -hmm. be fruitful, fruitful and, multiply. and multiply, yeah, this is what God has said, hey, this is your job, be yeah. fruitful, multiply, <laughs> God loves multiplication, yeah, oh yeah, likes to, to build it up, amen, so, that, I mean, I just see like these the scriptures, you know, the middle word. And sometimes I'm thinking like, man, did David really know that? Or was that like, we know it was divinely inspired. Right. But man, what a literal genius. And this guy was yeah, a poet and didn't know it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love this concept of the reward of God. Mm. You know, we oftentimes think of, well, we're laying up treasures in heaven, which we are. We, we want to lay up treasures in heaven. We're, we're seeking this eternal kingdom. And there's this reward that we're we're waiting for, we're sowing into that we can't necessarily even see. But children are actually, according to the scripture here, we see that they're actually a reward that we can actually physically see right now in this life. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a reward you could say that's applies or that we can we can receive now. They're the rewards of God, and I, I think this applies also to spiritual children. Mm. You know, just if you if you're not married and and, and you can't have children, I don't think this ex I don't think you're excluded from this. Oh no, no, no! I think that we're all called to invest in and others, the next generation, yeah, absolutely, and to yeah. others, and we can raise up spiritual seed. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, and which is a there's a huge need Even for that. Even Paul mentioned that I think you know he says that you know he labored more for you the more the father and the faith and stuff like that. You know, Father Abraham and faith and, and right. all these things and. So, yeah, I think we have precedent yeah. of that in Scripture, too. Yeah, he said, you know, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. Uh -huh. And there's a need for fathers. There's a need for mothers. And so, yeah, this, this psalm is a huge encouragement to receive that reward. God wants to give us, I believe, a, a, a heritage, a legacy. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, is children, whether it be our physical children or our spiritual uh, children. This, this, this is part of his, uh, his plan. Mm-hmm. So want to look too here at the two things the psalm addresses actually two things that we see in Genesis that were actually curses mm. that God put on humanity. He said, you know, the two things were Adam, you're gonna have to sweat mm -hmm. to For eat. Food, yeah. <laughs> and then to Eve, he said you're gonna have pain in childbirth. Yeah. And so this psalm actually addresses both of those things and I think it gives a redemptive view of them. Yeah. You know, it, it says basically these things that were put as as hardships, as burdens on humanity from the fall, as consequences of sin, mm. 
can actually be a part of it can be a re, there can be a redemptive storyline yeah. in them and because so we see earlier on the psalm it talked about you know not fretting over yeah. work it's saying basically yeah you have this responsibility to work six days you shall labor but uh don't fret mm-hmm. god's going to ultimately take care of you right yeah and so and i think in work we find uh, you know that there's there's the redemptive qualities to work right. that you know it keeps us out of trouble <laughs> it keeps yeah, right. us, uh, you know this old saying that uh, right, idleness yeah, that's, is the devil's workshop that's right, that's right. and so there's there's a redemptive nature to you know working that we're able to bless others uh-huh. we're able to encourage others with our with this with the labor of our hands and then with childbirth here we see that this this burden of you know of pain in childbirth uh-huh. but it's actually can give it gives birth to a reward yeah a life it's yeah. not just a it's not only a hardship it's right. not only a drag you might yeah, say yeah i was just thinking <laughs> you know it's it's not childbirth that's the curse it's the pain in childbirth mm. you know it's, it's like a, this culture a lot of people you know it's like having children you know is you know you have to be in control and deciding how many you have and and all of these things but uh, god never uh said you know that having children um, you, you should really consider, you know, if you're going to be able to send them to college or not, you know, or, you know, make sure you've got their own bedroom or, or you know, you got to pay, buy their first car, you know, right. there's not, you know, there's not these things in scripture, but you know, the pain in childbirth and bringing it in and, and that is um, still, you know, there's still such a blessing in bringing children to the earth, yeah. you know, for Victoria, you know, and I, you know, she's obviously, you know, the, uh, the larger investor, as far as the childbirth, but uh, she right. um, just loves it. And just, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much fulfillment, you know, and uh, a woman doing what God has created her body to do. Right. And uh, to bring forth children. So, yeah, I think one of the big points of the psalm is saying, you know, as it opened up the opening verse, unless the Lord builds the house, mm-hmm. they labor in vain. So, childbirth, you know, as, as men, we're responsible for providing, uh, working, uh, all these things. I think can be a source of worry and uh, just anxiety. Mm. Uh, but when we say, God, you're going, you're going to do this yeah. through us, then we're able just to find our rest. You know, scripture talks about uh, rest in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Psalm is encouraging us to do. He gives his beloved sleep, sleep. you know? So yeah. there's this sense of I'm resting in the fact, even though, yes, there is this, there's this responsibility to work. There's this pain in childbirth, but I'm going to rest in Yeshua that he has, he has taken on the burden. He has taken on the weight of my, my failures, mm. you know, it's in a sense of humanity in a sense. Yeah. And so as we labor, as we do seek to have children, it's from this place of I'm trusting in him. Mm. I'm trusting in him that he's ultimately building this house. As we mentioned in the previous podcast, he is the builder. He's going to bring the increase, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not just taking all this on. And I think that's a huge relief mm-hmm. when we just let go of it. And, you know, even for childbirth, I've heard, you know, testimonies of women just, you know, trusting in Yeshua. And our last birth with uh, Gilly was a real testimony of that. Tally was just, the whole birth was just, you know, continually leaning on Yeshua mm-hmm. and just trusting him for the strength. And there's such a peace that comes with that. Yeah. That it doesn't all just rest on us. That we don't have to, you know, make this thing happen. Yeah. God's building it. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. It's an amazing, it's a really awesome and it's a real comforting thing. And that's why it's so important, you know, that we uh, know what the Father's doing. We know what is the Father's heart uh, by right. by knowing that we can rest in that, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a knowledge that comes with that by being in the Word and knowing if you're going to decide to have children, then you can say, well, God, this is God's plan. This is God's will for me. 
right. be fruitful and multiply. And so by embracing that, you can say, God has called me to this. Mm-hmm. And then that's really where the place of uh, rest can come. Cause you're like, God, I'm doing this cause you asked me to do this. You know, right. we're, I'm in this place you know, for Braden and I, sometimes when we have to remind ourselves, you know, God has called me to this, right. you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, not because, you know, I love Missouri state humidity. I'm here because, <laughs> you know, I love the father and he has called us to this place to love these people mm-hmm. and um, being able to rest in that because there's a higher calling than just trying to find a better job to make more money, to spend more money, to, you know, right. we have a greater calling than that and we can yeah. rest in the Father. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let's go on to verse four. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So, wow, this gives a very different picture than what our current culture, our, our cultural model right now would say. You know, if you've got a lot of children, you're not a happy person. Right. You know, that's, yeah. that's what most people say. Oh, man, you've got a lot of, you got a lot to, to take care of. I can't, you know. I can, got I, your well, hands full. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in your <laughs> shoes, you yeah, know. One Victoria gets a lot. But uh, the, you got your hands full. <laughs> right. I sure do. But here again, we just see how, the culture, the woke culture mm-hmm. that has been developing for quite some time. Yeah. It's not just like all oh, of a sudden here. It's been developing. It's at total odds with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice to make. You know, you listeners out there are, we're being pulled in a lot of different directions, but will we at the end of the day say we, we stand with the word, mm-hmm. we stand with the scriptures, or will we stand with modern psychology, whatever the world decides selfish, selfish yeah. culture that we live in. Yeah. That's all about us. You know, the reason why a man is happy when his queer is full of him is because he's not concerned of his own, you know, it's not, he's not living for himself, you know, and that's, that's, if you're not, if you're not living for yourself, then you can live for others, like live for Yeshua. And by doing that, live for your children and live for those spiritual disciples and live for mankind. That's completely, that's really what it boils down to. It's the, the culture that we have today is a very selfish, self-centered culture. Right. And by having children, you can't live for yourself because you have this child, this right. needy child. Right. And, you know, even us, um, we sometimes, we, my brother Levi, I was talking to him just a little while ago, and he said, you know, Aaron, you know, anything good that we receive in this life is more than we deserve. Right. I said, I don't know if that's like, positive or not <laughs> it's a positive thought but it is a positive thought in that you know when we become christ you know we give our lives to christ right. then we are for his service mm-hmm. and we we forget that sometimes we, and we and because we are americans and we're just mankind and we have this selfish culture and it's, you know pridefulness and everything that, that's uh, in our hearts that we're rooting out right and and children help us root it out children help us see it uh, when we wouldn't uh, generally, I, my my wife and I we joke how before we got married and started having children, we seemed like very unselfish people. I mean, we grew up in a big family. We you know we never really had our own bedrooms, our own, you know, our, even really own toys and things right. like that. You know, we shared everything. Right. And uh, you know, but when the children came along, it just realized exactly how selfish I was. Right. And, and marriage, you know, also is another level of of peeling back our our facade of ourselves and. Uh, looking down at what's really deep in our heart because you don't have an opportunity to just, you know, live for yourself. Right. You know, there's, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, I deserve, you know, a, a good massage, you know, or I deserve, you know, a good, you know, a visit to the chiropractor, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just been so stressful. 
or whatever. And, and maybe, you know, that's, that's beneficial for the whole family, you know, for you to just go <laughs> right. get, a, you know, yeah. a back crack in and, and have a better mood. But, you know, it should be based upon the spirit and uh, connecting to that spirit. And um, right. that's why this verse here is, he says, happy is the man who has his quiver full of him. And I think it really um, points to the fact that this is a man who is uh, not living for himself. Right. Know, it's not not a selfish, self-centered person, but someone who is uh, embracing children because God said they're a blessing. He's internalizing that, washing that himself with that word in right. his mind. He's renewing his mind. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that we can do that, we can read the word and change our hearts and minds, and it changes the reality. Right. It actually changes the reality of on the ground. We don't have to be, able to be completely miserable the, our whole lives saying, well, I don't deserve this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to grip my teeth and do right. it. But we're, we're speaking over ourselves. I am happy because I have a quiver full of children. And God says that happy is the man. Right. Like we're, we're, we're changing our mind. We're renewing our mind through the washing, the regeneration of the word, right? Right. It's not a, a just a factual thing, but it's, it's something that when we speak over ourselves, we're reading the word. Brayden and I are both big um, believers in reading the word over yourself, over your wife, washing your wife with the word. You know, that's right. what it is. You're letting God's word transform you. Right. You're believing that God's word is true, and that and that is really where the the real direct, you know, uh, difference, opposition to the world and where we are, is is that we believe that God's word is true. Right. Every bit of it is God's word is true, and that's where we we wash ourselves and and we mm-hmm. take it we take it to the bank. Right. We take that right. word. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, God has the blueprint on humanity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he knows how we function. He knows. So when the scripture says, "Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them," we can go. God, you know how I work. You know how my heart works. You know that at the end of the day that I will a be full happy. quiver yeah. of children, this is going to lead to happiness. And I believe we can see that even played out in our yeah. culture. You know, people that are old, they don't have any children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something, and let's say even apply that to spiritual children. Yeah. They have, if they've not invested their life in other people, then it leads to you just end up Despair. kind of with a shell. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Just, yeah, loneliness and all this. I remember hearing about this book. It was called Who Would Not Be Invited to Dinner? And it's talk, the whole book was about how many famous people in history were actually like number 10, 11, 12, even like 16, 17 child. Wow. <laughs> and, and it was saying in our current culture model, how many of these people would not even have been born mm-hmm. had it been up to us right. in, our, in our current society? Right. But people, even like the Wesley brothers, mm-hmm. they were way down the line. And, but they <laughs> they rocked the the country and what rocked nations. Yeah, uh, several people that shaped American history were way down the line yeah. in their family family line. And so it's just it's just fascinating. Yeah. to think about. Yeah, I mean, you talk, we talk about that even you know with my family and your family, just about you know what, who could we imagine not being a part of our life? Right. You know, like at what point? You know, if our parents had said, "Well, you know, I've had eight. You know, eight's good. Right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, who, who would we be missing? Uh-huh. I mean, in my family, you know, I think that's like my brother Micah, you know, uh, Micah, Ailey, Hannah, Noah, Seth, Chaim, Abigail. I mean, that's still, you know, another seven children that are have largely shaped, you know, our lives. You right. Know, so like that. So, yeah, we just got to trust the Father, you know, and uh, let him build the house. Yeah. He's a good builder. Amen. <laughs> And I think, too, we see in this verse pointed out just how spiritually 
aggressive, you could say, this whole thing of, of having children is, because it's saying here that these children are going to stand in the gate. They're going to speak with the enemies. And we see this verse in Psalm 8, too. It says, out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. So he takes these weak, seemingly mm-hmm. weak children, and he silences the enemy. With wow. It. And so it's just this cool, cool thing. We see that here. These children that are being raised up are going to actually confront the enemy. Is mm. what I what I see here. Yeah. They're confronting the enemy in the gate. The gate is a picture of where justice and righteousness is supposed to be established for right. the city. Yeah, this is the same verse that Yeshua uses later on when he says, you know, I think it's translated a little bit different. It says, "You have perfected praise right. instead of established strength." But it's when Yeshua was coming. And they're crying out, Hosanna, the son right. of David. And they're like, don't you hear what they're saying? Tell them to be quiet. And he's right. like, haven't you heard what it says? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was the children that right. were had the faith, you know, the faith of a child. Right. He says that faith is what's going to be what silences the Avenger. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. The faith of a child. And I love this whole point here is made too. They shall not be ashamed. And I believe that's such a critical point. Uh, I, this friend of mine had a vision. He was in prayer, and he uh, was approaching a, a closed gate, this beautiful gate, and next to the gate was a key with the word unashamed. It's the, on the key was written mm-hmm. the word unashamed. So he, as he, but at one point, too, as he's walking up to the gate, it was all dark, like in front of him, but he could tell it was this beautiful gate. So he, but he picks up this unashamed key, unlocks the door, and light just comes pouring in to what was previously all dark. And I just think that's such a a beautiful picture of we are called to walk in confidence Mm -hmm. in the Father's love. And we see this in Psalm 34. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. So just this is a a place that we're called to, you know, and I feel like shame a lot of times will drag us back into the things that caused us shame originally. Yeah. But the Father desires us to be free of that, to cast off all that shame, that we could just fix our eyes on him and be washed of that. And to pick up that that key, yeah. that key of I'm unashamed. I'm unashamed. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to press in. I want to be close to him. Mm-hmm. I'm unashamed. Yeah. And that is such a powerful place. Yeah, like and being clothed a, by, you know, his, his being clothed by him, right? You know, his garments, you know, that right. he's given us, you know, is what... Uh, Gives us that you know ability to not be ashamed. Yeah, but I think that that level of not being ashamed is what strengthens what we see in this psalm here. Strengthens the ability for these children to speak. Yeah. If you're ashamed, you will not speak out. Yeah. You will not confront. Mm-hmm. You will you'll always be hiding behind this shame. Yeah. But wow, these children that are raised up by this happy father, mm-hmm. and I, I just want to apply this in a spiritual sense too. Our father in heaven, he's happy. Yeah. He's a happy father. He's, he's a glad father. We see so many scriptures that speak of his gladness. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. It, mm-hmm. That speaks of he is a happy God. Now, it's not to say that he, he, does, he does weep at times. He mm-hmm. does get upset. But I believe that in his presence, as the scripture says, there's fullness of joy. Yeah. The primary emotion, I believe, that's around the throne of God, the reason that the, all the angels are just in rapt attention is because of the pulsating joy, the life. There's a mm-hmm. river of life. It's, it's, he's all about life, joy, uh, just exuberance, mm. ecstasy. Yeah. And this is, the, this is the epicenter of the throne. And so the children that he brings forth, and, and we, you know, we're the, you're out there listening. I believe you're, you're a child of the king. Mm-hmm. 
you can walk in that place of not being ashamed and then you can actually lift up your voice, speak the truth and God will back you up. Amen. And, but it's knowing that he's happy. He's knowing that he is a joy filled father that helps us to walk in that place of confidence. Yeah. Amen. So. Yeah. So embrace that go in strength today and, uh, you know, be washed, let yourselves be washed, uh, by the word and uh, let it wash away all that shame and despair, you know, that, uh, is trying to, uh, the enemy's trying to, uh, wrap you up in, uh, walk in that freedom. So, Hallelujah. So this is, um, write to us or email it to us. You know, uh, write me or email me at Aaron at loveandpurity.com. Braden, what's your email? Braden.waller at gmail.com. All right. Either one of us, you can reach out. We'd love to hear what you thought about the podcast or even uh, things we could expound on or things that you'd like to have a share about. We are open to that. So uh, blessings to all of y'all. Uh, this is the voice of my beloved podcast where we believe that hearing and following the voice of the bridegroom king leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. It is very-